Welcome to Journal Talk, a weekly podcast about journal writing for passion, clarity, and purpose. Passion. Reignite that passion for the things and people you care about most. Clarity. Discover who you are and what you really want. Purpose. Get to the heart of life's issues to remember your divine purpose. And now, here's your host of Journal Talk, Nathan Oren. Welcome to episode 42 of Journal Talk. This is the podcast where we explore the many, many, many benefits, tips, and inspiration for journal writing. You know, journaling has played a huge role in my life, and since I've come out and started talking about my love of journal writing, it's been about two years now, I have met some extraordinary people who also attribute their success and their self-understanding and the source of their personal growth to journal writing. And, you know, it's funny because I've been calling these people, people like me who give journaling credit for as a method for shaping their lives in a positive direction, I've been calling them journal coaches. And I don't know where I even picked up that term. I think maybe besides just a common sense feeling like, you know, it's a journal coach, Maybe I saw it on Twitter somewhere. It seemed to make sense anyway. Someone who shares how you can sharpen your skills, apply some strategies, transform your life in a positive way is a coach. And if they use, if the primary device that they're referring to is is journaling, then naturally I would call them a journal coach. But journal coach is really a very generic term. And in reality... There are plenty of people who don't consider themselves a coach, but have great things to say about journal writing and, you know, artists and singers, songwriters, actors, storytellers, like my friend Stephen Van Vute. <laughs> there are entrepreneurs, accountants. I, my accountant friend loves her journal. It's a, it's a spreadsheet journal, funny enough. Lawyers, professionals of all types of people, social workers, psychologists, researchers, therapists, and teachers of children of all ages. They all, all these types of different people will say they get great benefits from journal writing. And, and they're not necessarily coaches. And, you know, one reason I've I've loved doing this podcast is because I've really enjoyed meeting the wide variety of people who have found journal writing to be beneficial in whatever it is that they do. And it seems like every person that comes to this show and, you know, they bring their own evidence, they bring their own methods and tips. It's like they have their own justification for what is so worthwhile about journal writing, why it's a meaningful habit for them. Some of them don't spend much time telling other people about it like like I do. They just keep their own private practice going. And then you get others like me that can't help, but we want to share it with the world. And I've been referring to those people, those journal coaches, are people that to some degree or another, even if we haven't made it our specific profession, we are definitely encouraging of the practice of journal writing. All right. Well, all that was a a warm-up to my introduction of my guest this week, Kim Addis. She gives the term journal coach an entirely professional twist. She's in the business of developing people through journal writing, and her clients are people who have achieved a certain level of success in life, 
and they could come from any different background or profession, but they want to take their lives to that next level. They want to up the ante in their lives. And instead of signing up for a week-long retreat in Bali somewhere or instead of having that mountaintop experience in a room full of people for a weekend, Kim's clients make a promise of keeping a journal daily. They they keep a, an electronic journal for 10 weeks. And through that practice and some weekly coaching conversations, Kim's clients become more aware of their thoughts and their feelings and their and their limiting beliefs. And they break through the barriers that were holding their success at a certain level. Now, can I share something personal? Of course I can. I hope so. I'm actually very excited for you to hear this interview because I've been considering joining Kim's team now for a little while, and I, I think I could be a really good journal coach in the way that she that she describes it. Perhaps I can do what Kim's talking about. I've thought about I've been giving this some consideration. So I'd love for you to listen to this interview and give me some feedback. Uh, for those of you who have been listening to Journal Talk for a while, I'd love to hear back from you. What do you think? Should I give this a try? Listen to Kim Addis. She's from Frame of Mind Coaching. She's got a great setup with uh, a, an electronic journal. And listen to what she's about, what she does. And if you could see me becoming a true professional certified journal coach, write me back and let me know. You can reach me, as you know already, at Nathan at EasyJournaling.com. And even if you want to vote no, send me a note on that. You know, if I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm teetering on the fence here. And I'd love to know what my Journal Talk audience thinks about this. So you guys have heard a lot of different people. You know me, you, you know my family. <laughs> so listen in. I think you'll have a good time with this. Kim is lovely. Here is my interview with Kim Addis. All right. Well, welcome to Journal Talk. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with the president of Frame of Mind Coaching and also another company called Journal Engine, which we'll describe in a few minutes. But Kim, welcome to Journal Talk. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be talking to you today. Yeah, same here. Thank you. I wanted to start, if you would, share about how you've earned some recognition in the real estate industry by helping some of uh, the real estate professionals identify characteristics that make strong sales agents. Can you tell us about that chapter in your life? Absolutely. Well, years ago, I used to own a company and we used to build simulation-based assessments. And uh, the purpose of those assessments were to help companies identify top performers. Well, one of the assessments we built was for the real estate industry, and it was called the Real Estate Simulator. And uh, it was designed to help real estate brokers with their recruiting selection and training processes. Mm. And what we were really looking for is, you know, how do we find those people that would be top performers in the industry? And so we gave them this simulation, and it was designed to really assess their their IQ, their personality, and their selling skills. And what we discovered was something very interesting. So yeah, you know, social skills are important. Intelligence is important. The ability to close a sale is important. Mm -hmm, All those things mm -hmm. are important, particularly for real estate sales. But what was most important was 
whether or not they had a high degree of emotional resilience. And so there are a few things that are interesting about that. One thing is that what is emotional resilience? Really the ability to handle negative experiences. In the case of real estate, it's handling rejection, Mm -hmm. handling a no, Mm -hmm. handling, you know, when a sale goes south, those kinds of things. But what we also discovered was that it wasn't only real estate, it was Emotional resilience was a key factor in identifying extraordinarily successful people, no matter what was the job or the industry they were in. Mm. And so really interesting, this whole idea of helping someone build their emotional resilience across industries and across positions. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. And I can imagine so many places where we don't think of it, but yeah, emotional resilience is a big key in so many areas of life and success. So yeah, you you hit on something really great. Can you tell us how did that bring you into frame of mind coaching and journal engine? Yeah, well, what I what I noticed when I, you know, I was I was really thinking about coaching. I looked around and I looked at a lot of the coaching companies out there. And we we had great success in the real estate industry and that industry in particular is filled with a lot of coaches. And I really examined, you know, how do they deliver coaching? What is it based on? And it's based on a few things. It's based on the idea that you know, if you want to succeed, there are certain things you have to get done. And so let's help these real estate agents kind of mobilize themselves and really focus on taking massive action. You know, if there are 10 things they have to do, let's organize them. Let's cut them down into smaller chunks. Let's hold these people accountable to getting their jobs done and let's help them move towards success. And something about that rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. It just, it just kind of tweaked at me. And I thought, you know, there's something not right about this picture. I bet you if I put 50 real estate agents in a room, and of course I've already been exposed to them. So if I put these 50 people in a room and I ask them, what are the top 10 things you need to do to achieve your goal? I bet you they could give me that list and I bet you they could (laughs) organize it and cut it down into smaller chunks themselves. So what is it that's preventing them from getting it done? And of course that has to do with the way they think. It has to do with the way they perceive themselves, their level of confidence, and at the end of the day, their degree of emotional resilience. And I thought, you know, people know what to do. They're just not doing it. And we have to really understand what is it that is causing them the slowdown. What's the 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 issue? Why are they not taking the actions that they know they need to take in order to reach the goals they say they want to reach? Mm-hmm. What's really going on here? You know, what's going on in their thinking? What do they believe to be true? What are their perspectives on everything, on themselves, on their jobs, on their lives, etc.? What's happening that's causing this barrier? And, and that's the kind of work that I wanted to do. And that's when frame of mind coaching was born. I said, I want to look at how someone thinks. I'm not so interested in looking at, you know, just moving them towards massive action. They could do that on their Mm -hmm, own. mm -hmm. I love the example that you gave, you know, talking about bringing on a coach to hold you accountable in the, in the, you know, traditional sense of a coach and that just creating this you know, negative relationship between you and your coach after some point in time. I mean, as soon as you start not doing what you said you were going to do, there's this automatic rift between you and your accountability buddy. 
<laughs> That's exactly right. And I've spoken about this so many times that the job of a coach is not to hold their client accountable. And because what that does is it creates this strange kind of codependency dynamic. So if it works, wonderful. What happens when the coach is gone? But if it doesn't work, the very reason that they're struggling to get something done becomes exacerbated. And that's a very big problem. And to, to be quite honest, to create a model of accountability and coaching has a lot of elements that are just straight up unethical. But mm-hmm, that's my mm-hmm. point of view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we can we can get into that more in a, in a little bit. I've always known that there really should be a strong connection between coaching and a practice of daily journal writing. I've always sensed that for myself. And I and I personally have been using this term, a journal coach or journal coaching, to describe somebody like myself that can help people, you know, bring out the best in themselves, offering them some techniques to write in their journals so that they get to a heart of an issue, something like that. But Kim, what I admire about you is you've, you're redefining this concept of journal coaching in a way. Could you describe what you mean by journal coaching? Well, so here's how we coach our clients. We usually begin, very often we coach people for, you know, a long period of time, but what we're really interested in is is the first 10 weeks and those are the most important. So we always begin with a 10-week coaching period as the foundation of our coaching and those 10 weeks are pretty intense. So what happens is there's a call once a week where we meet on a conference line and every call is recorded. And the reason we, we record those calls is that we encourage our clients to listen to their calls again. Very often when you're in the middle of the conversation, you're not always picking everything up. You're Mm -hmm, not hearing mm -hmm. yourself. You're not seeing yourself. You're not necessarily objective. So we definitely encourage people to listen to their calls again. And when they do that, their progress is expedited and, you know, their growth happens more quickly. But then the second part of it is we ask our clients to journal every single day for the duration of their coaching period. And we seriously kind of state the expectation. There are no days off, no vacations, no weekends, <laughs> particularly if you want to really, you know, surge forward. Mm-hmm. And we have an online piece of software that we use that we customize for our own needs. It's called Journal Engine Software. And that's where people come on, they log in and they have their own private journaling space. But when they journal, I, as their coach or any one of my coaches would receive their journal at the minute that it's complete and then we would respond. So there's this dialogue that's happening between the coach and the client every single day in between every call. So those 10 weeks are incredibly intense, but the speed at which they journey is very, very fast. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, there's a great deal of intimacy, but there's also a great deal of depth. So why do we ask them to journal is really the big question. Mm -hmm. Like, why do we use this technique? And the reason we do is we're really interested in how their thoughts create their results. So there's no bigger impact on someone's experiences in all areas of their lives than the way they think, the way they see things, the way they interpret what's happening, their perspectives, all that kind of thing. So what we want to do is we want to look at their journal and we want them to journal every day because we want this wide variety of data. We want to see how they think across situations, scenarios, relationships, etc. And we want to start piecing together patterns and understanding really what drives them. What is Mm. causing you to succeed here and what's causing you to get stuck over there? And so we want to really get a good picture. But in order for us to do that, 
We need the data. We need to be able to peel back the layers. So when they journal, we respond. We respond by digging deeper, by asking questions, by probing. So it's a really intimate experience between the coach and the client. But again, you know, th- this, this experience becomes magical because of the relationship that's built and because of the depth and because of the distance traveled in a very short period of time. Mm. Like I just started coaching a new client last week. We had one call. In one call, his degree of anxiety has decreased dramatically in one in one week. Mm. Wow, wow. Amazing. And I want to say you've blended these two disciplines with the frame of mind coaching methodology because you have this emphasis on a daily writing routine and somebody who's kind of guiding that inner probing and helping helping somebody to look at themselves. But I know that you don't like the term life coach. Why is that? Well, because, you know, the the assumption when we say life coaches, you know, it has to do with a specific or sort of narrowly defined area in life. And what I've seen over and over and over again is the way you operate in one area affects the way you operate in another area. So people say, is this life coaching? Is this business coaching? Is this executive coaching? And my answer is always yes. It's all of that. Mm. It's really we're looking at how our clients think across a variety of situations and we're seeing how their thinking in one area influences their outcomes in another area. I have often found that there's a direct relationship between the way a person was raised and the way they lead, the way they parent and the way they deal with their employees and so on and so forth. It's remarkable. But so, I mean, we don't separate church from state. We, we coach the whole person and we may begin in a business setting or in a personal setting but we always, you know, blur the lines. That's mm-hmm, really important mm-hmm. for a truly effective coaching. Very and nice. To be quite honest, it would be it would be really truly unprofessional of me not to access that data. So or data, how you say it in the U.S. I don't know, <laughs> but but it, you know, if if I am really looking at helping a leader maximize their influence or or increase productivity or whatever it is that they're doing. It would be, I, I would be not bringing everything to, t- to the table by not going into the personal realm. Yes. I would be seriously cutting off a very, very valuable source of information that would help me be able to help the leader really propel forward. Beautiful, beautiful. Just uh, a very holistic approach. I like it. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Kim. I uh, want to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Journal Talk. If you're enjoying this conversation, then you'll love receiving our weekly show summaries. These are short articles complete with links to additional resources and book recommendations for each episode of Journal Talk. Head over to our website at writeforlife.us and subscribe to Journal Talk. You'll receive a free index of past episodes plus a weekly summary and reminder when a new episode is published. Thanks again for listening. And now, Back to more journal talk. All right. We're talking with Kim Addis and Frame of Mind Coaching and Journal Engine Software. And wow, we've had a great time just talking about coaching and how coaching and writing help really dig into who you are as a person and learning to make whatever adjustments and changes. You know, Kim, I've sensed, I said this before, that there's a strong connection. How do you know that there is a strong correlation between journaling 
and coaching effectiveness? Or how, how would you say that journaling accelerates the coaching practice? Okay, so how does how does journaling affect the coaching practice? It really, it, it's a two-pronged answer. The first part of that answer is how does journaling affect the coach? That's part A, right? Mm-hmm. So what I find is that by and large, without a journal, a coach goes into a coaching conversation with a blindfold on. They don't know the mood of the client, the state of the client, whatever has affected them most recently. Like they're out of touch and they're going in and, and, and there's an unfolding. And sometimes that unfolding is slow, but there's a lot of catching up to do. And the amount of data that the coach receives without the journal is very limited. Their mm. only source of data is that one conversation. And so... Uh, for starters, we know with certainty that more data for a coach increases their ability to hit the heart of the matter. It equips them and it really increases their effectiveness as a coach. So let's start with that hands down. And I've, I've tried coaching people without a journal. It's a night and day experience. The richness of the conversation is completely different. Mm. The, the big awakenings are far fewer. It's just a remarkable difference. Now, for the client, how does journaling affect the client? Number one is they are in the coaching conversation on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So if you want to if you want to really impact someone, you want them to work on something that's important to them on a daily basis. In this case, they're working on their mindset on a, on a daily basis. If, if they work on themselves every day for 10 weeks, are they going to experience a change? Absolutely, 100%. If they work on themselves while they are guided by a coach, now we're getting exponential change. So they're in the conversation. They're conscious, they're focused, they're alert, they're paying attention to how they operate and how they think and how they react and how they interact with others and on and on and on. And that attention will create movement. Mm. But over and above that, so we're also doing two things. We're allowing the client to have a voice over and above just the one on the call. Some people aren't comfortable just with talking. And so we're giving them another avenue to express themselves. But we're also giving them the opportunity to step back, kind of to put down their thoughts and step back and see them with a third kind of third party objective eye. Mm -hmm, And that's really, mm -hmm. really, really important for (laughs) dramatic movement forward. So there are all these things happening all at the same time. Now let's go one step further. I said there was two, there was a two pronged approach. I I guess I lied. There's a third issue. (laughs) And this issue is really crucial. And it's that there's a communication that's taking place between the client and the coach every single day. Right. And that communication creates real intimacy and trust between the client and the coach. And that is crucial that we're creating kind of the environment where we're creating the 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 framework for tremendous travel. Mm. Right. If mm-hmm. if the relationship isn't in place, travel is going to be limited. It's going to be slower. And we're we're accelerating that all the time. And, and so frequency of contact, intimacy of contact and depth of discussion creates the kind of relationship that really, really moves a client forward quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wonderful. Wow. This is very insightful. And the one thing that comes to mind is, you know, we talk a lot about when, when we're talking about journaling and diary keeping and all of those things, the content of that writing typically is very, very private. And so I can imagine maybe the first few journal entries I'm sharing, you know, this is sort of a step of vulnerability. But do you think that the content of one's journal begins to change or morph knowing that there's some audience out there, somebody who's going to be reading this? Do they start to write differently for their intended audience? 
Yeah. So I'll answer it in multiple ways as usual, right? So um, (laughs) number one is that normally when a client comes to the table, they really want to get somewhere. And so they kind of know that it benefits them just to be truthful and to be authentic. And so what we usually see is a great deal of authenticity and that's not normally an issue. Having said that, our coaches are trained. They're, you know, they're incredibly good at asking the right questions and getting to the heart of the matter. So will a client sometimes skim initially? Sure, that happens. But our coaches are trained to dig and they do it efficiently and quickly and they get there fast. Mm. And so (laughs) and so it doesn't really matter. You know, here is where a really effective or skilled coach comes into play. It doesn't always matter where we begin. The coach guides the process and and gets to where they need to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very good. Sign me up. (laughs) All right. Nathan, I have always thought actually, uh, since our last conversation, that it might be possible for you to be an incredible frame of mind coach. And maybe we could talk about that at some point. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm open. I'm open for it. And I know one thing that you and I have had in common is uh, landmark education background. And a lot, a lot of the things that I hear you say, and a lot of the power and the integrity with which you speak, reminds me of some of the greatest, you know, places that I got insight and, you know, a boost in my performance out of the landmark seminars. Can you tell us how this brand of coaching is different from the programs at landmark? Well, you know, I, I attended the the first, the initial landmark program, and I know that they've changed over the years, so I can only really recall my experiences. But landmark was an incredible experience, right? Like mm-hmm. I went there, I connected with others, I cried, I cried for myself, I cried for others, I w- went home exhausted, uh, but very hopeful. But it faded, mm. right? It faded. And so it's not that what we learned wasn't relevant. It really was relevant. Uh, When I went there, I kind of, my big realization was that, wow, you know, a lot of what I'm learning, I already embody, I already live this way. I just never had words for that. I never really understood how to position it or I thought it was just a way of being rather than anything else, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it helped me to define some of these ways of life that I already took on. So one of the things that I wanted to do when I created Frame of Mind Coaching is not only provide people with an experience, which I definitely wanted to do, because when you have an experience, you're you're tapping into an emotion. And when you tap into an emotion, that's where change takes place. But I wanted to give people a sustainable change over time. Mm-hmm. Right. So I didn't only want to give them an experience. I wanted to give them a way of thinking or a way of a way of approaching their thinking is a better way of, of saying it, that they could take back to their regular lives and try on and come back and report and fix. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, so that it was this incredible experience taking place within their own lives, right? Rather than going to this retreat center and being isolated and boxed up and then going back to your life and you're going, wow, there's a really big gap between what just happened there <laughs> and what's happening in my life. And so I wanted to connect the dots for people. I wanted to give them time. People don't change overnight. It takes time. And what I find is 10 weeks is a really good period of time to help people get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, what they learn, they take and they apply, they try on in their lives mm-hmm. and they start getting feedback from their, you know, the people who will surround them and that encourages them to continue. So mm-hmm. they're not doing this in isolation. They're not suspended from their world. They are, they are getting coached in the middle of everything going 
going on around them. And mm-hmm. I think that's a big, huge distinction right mm-hmm. there. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And at the same time, I also know you believe that the goal of a good coach is to equip the client so that they don't need a coach going forward. So it's not this de- right. dependency. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we we often begin with 10-week periods. Sometimes our clients like to hang on a little longer, but it's not it's not essential and it's not mandatory and we don't lock people in. But we begin with 10 weeks and the goal is to equip them with everything they need. We give them a framework. We give them what we call the principles of thought management. We give them ideas that they can use no matter what the situation. And we give them a way to recognize what's happening in front of them and pull one of those principles and say, okay, this applies here. I get it. I can slow myself down and apply this. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they and, and what happens is they see results over and over and over again, very quickly, very easily. It doesn't take years to see results. It's sure. very fast. Great, great. Well, you're combining two amazing things, journal writing and then working with somebody who has that high level of experience, you know, in coaching. Kim, tell us what types of people are most interested that you found are attracted to the frame of mind coaching and journal engine and how can people reach you and find out more? Yeah, well, I find we we tend to coach people who are highly driven, who are really, really interested in achieving some big goals and living an extraordinary life. We also find that the people we coach have a lot going on in their brains, right? So they might be at a point in their careers where, you know, they've reached uh, a pinnacle and they want to know what's next. They may be kind of highly driven entrepreneurs that have all these dynamics happening, employees, suppliers, clients, financial pressures, et cetera, and they're balancing all this stuff out. So we often find our clients are the types of people who mull a lot over in their brains. They have a lot Mm. going on in there (laughs) and they need help to kind of lay it out, sort it out you know, understand what their priorities are. And quite often we find our clients need to eliminate a lot of those things from their thought bank. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very nice. How can people reach you and get more information? Yeah. So it's frameofmindcoaching.com. Best way to reach us. And right there on the website, there's an opportunity for anyone who's interested to try out our coaching. We have the frame of mind coaching experience where you will literally be matched up with a coach, given an opportunity to journal, and the coach will uh, sit with you, well, sit with you virtually and review your journal. And it's an incredible experience. Even if you don't sign up for 10 weeks, that one time is really well worthwhile. Beautiful, beautiful. Anything else you'd like to share with the Journal Talk audience? We have journal writers and people who consider themselves journal coaches out there. Yeah. For those of you who are writing in a journal, a lot of people ask me, what's the best way to write in a journal? Mm -hmm. And I I think you'll find this a little bit humorous. I often give people some directive. And what what I tell them is, try this. Dump, dump, and then dump the dump. And so Really what that is, is write what's on your mind. If something's bothering you, if you, you know, had some kind of conflict or struggle, like write it out. And when you think you're done, keep going, just keep going, just get it all completely out. And when you're done, literally write these words down. It's time to turn myself around. And that's your opportunity to point yourself towards where you want to go, whatever that is. Mm. Okay. So, you know, like uh, I had a bad day or I had a bad week. Here's where I'm going next. Here's what I'd rather have. Here are my hopes. You know, here's the kind of relationship I want to build. Here's what I'm going to do to make it better. 
just use that opportunity to point yourself where you want to go. It's mm-hmm. really, really crucial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Great words of wisdom from Kim Addis. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was great to be here. Yes. And uh, look forward to staying in touch. And thanks for your time. You're very welcome. This episode of Journal Talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for Life, a web resource for living with passion, clarity, and purpose through journal writing. Find us online at www.writeforlife.us, spelled W-R-I-T-E, the number four, L-I-F-E dot U-S. Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk. Da, da, da.